on the Stay Healthy Experience, we are excited and delighted to bring to you someone who is fascinating. Her name is Shiloh. Uh, I'm not going to go into the details of it, uh, but without any additional delays, I'm going to bring on my co-host, the one and only Miss Barbara BK Chris. What's up, Barbara? Hey, good morning, Robert. How are you? I am good. And uh, as you know, <laughs> you got to meet Shiloh when she came in studio. We had an amazing interview, uh, but yeah. we ran into some technical difficulties, Barbara. And I said, this is killing me on the inside because it was so good. Uh, but I do believe that, you know, you do it a second time. It may be even better. What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, it was a great interview. But it's, it's you know, actually, it's a treat. We get to talk to her again. Yeah, I mean, it was it was so good. So I took notes. I actually watched the interview again and eventually we will make it available. But for those of you who are listening in, we're going to talk about, I would say, parenthood. We're going to talk about entrepreneurship. We're going to talk about this thing called solopreneur. Uh, we're going to talk about from the bottom to the top. What else are we going to talk about, Barbara? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I really like the story, the comeback story and uh, just that whole uh, women's empowerment is an amazing, amazing story that she shares. So all good stuff. Yeah. You know, and uh, she when she was in studio, she actually met with Lacey and they had an amazing interview. And I was jealous because. The entire time they were lifting each other. And I noticed that with women, you guys lift each other. And as I share with them kind of off camera, I said, guys, they don't call me and say, hey, man, you look good in those pants the other day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should. You guys should. You should learn from us. Yeah, we could learn from you, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. So I'm not going to you know, keep people holding because we have a lot to talk about and everybody's pressed for time. And uh, Shiloh has made time for us. So let's bring her in. There she is, yes. the one and only Shiloh. Hey. <laughs> hey, Shiloh. How's it going? It is going. Good. And we, know, and we know that you're really busy, Shiloh. And as I share with you, I apologize for the technical difficulties that we had. But it gives us a chance to do this again and to do it better. So we're going to ask a lot of the same questions, if you're okay with that. Yeah, of course. So for starters, for those who are meeting you for the first time, Shiloh, I mean, you are an entrepreneur, solopreneur, you're a mom, you make things happen, you have your own podcast. Tell us, what else are we missing here? Oh my gosh, what can I talk about today? Well, you know, from the bottom to the top, we say that all the time, but um, got I got started in a very humble beginning. So, you know, came from a small town where there's more bars than restaurants or even gas stations. Uh, railroad town, awesome, awesome childhood, but also a child of trauma. I mean, let's be honest. I was I was raised in bars. Uh, the kids took care of each other. Uh, I had a younger brother helped raise him at the young ripe age of nine on and was a hustler from the beginning. I mean, kind of in fight or flight, like a survival mode. But it was kind of that tipping point where the path was set and I just had to keep rolling down the train tracks, right? And again, had amazing parents. My father was one of my best friends. He was incredible. He battled with alcoholism his entire life. Uh, my mom also had some battles with addictions, with alcohol and some other things. And, you know, it was, it was definitely an interesting way of growing up. But I don't regret it. I love my parents. I think um, they taught me everything. I mean, even though we had some ups and downs, they gave me 
some incredible tools to get to where I am. And so I thank them for that because it's really important. And there's a well, lot of people like that. Well, you know, it's, it's yeah. interesting how you share that part of your life. Uh, many people tear up or have a hard time talking about it. But even in your time when you came in studio and, and we got to sit down and, and spend quality time, you know, speaking with you and getting to know you even better, you always turn the rain and the, and the, and the clouds into sunshine and, and rainbows. So, I mean, would you say you get that from your mom, from your dad? Was it the hard knocks or is it just being just thankful for the, the present? Well, I use humor to cover up the pain, right? <laughs> no, uh, I mean, it, I, we get that from our parents. I mean, my mom's a warrior. What was cool about her is she, she, she battled some things, but we all have demons, right? And she battled her demons openly. And it was very tough. I mean, my mom had a really tough time when she was from the age of a teenager on. And I think she just saw some things I wouldn't wish on anyone and that how she navigated was how she handled it. But she's a true warrior. She uh, quit drinking a few years ago. She's fun. She's still here. But she actually taught me, like, you get you keep moving. Like watching her navigate some of her battles, all of her battles was you just keep moving. You don't quit. You know, she saw her fair share of shit, I like to say, and um, she's a warrior. And so I got that from her. My dad also, he was humorous, sarcastic. I get my sarcasm from him. You know, we we cover some of our pain up with humor, but I think that's also a really good quality. I don't mm -hmm. think that's a negative. I think some people would say, oh, you shouldn't do that. No, I mean, not everything has to be dreadful, you know. Yeah, I had some serious things happen, but who hasn't? I could find someone tomorrow, today, that has it way worse than I ever did or is going through hell, and they're navigating it, and they're surviving, and they're making it. And so I think we turn our pain into our purpose, and that's that's what this podcast about, right? That it's our pain is our purpose. And as yeah, long as yeah. you can identify that. And we talked about, Barbara, I think we talked about being 100% accountable. Like, yeah. in this journey... People who are 100% accountable, they're the ones who win. And that's really what you need. You need to be accountable mm -hmm. and you need, to own your, you need to own your suck. Yeah. Oh, I love, love own your suck. That's awesome. Own your suck. Yeah. yeah like right you, now, I don't have any makeup on. So I'm just going to go with it's, I, it's just what we're doing. <laughs> I, I so, I, yeah, I'm glad you say that because I, you know, tried to squeeze in a workout before this. And I'm like, damn it. I was a little pressed for time. But hey, you know, this is how it goes. <laughs> exactly. I, I tried to squeeze in a podcast before this and I'm like, oh my God. And then I'm like, I don't have makeup on and I'm just going to do this and good lighting, like, right? Good lighting. Uh, you look beautiful. Ah, and, you know, so I want to go back to, oh, thank you. That To the point that you made about how you appreciate how your parents were. Do you think that you always had that appreciation for them or did that come as you started moving through your, you know, your life and your journey and your own struggle? Did you appreciate what they were kind of showing you at that time? No. I mean, at times you want to have a pity party, you know, you yeah. want to be like, oh, poor me, look at this, um, with my mom more than my dad. And that's just because girls always love their dads, no matter what their dads do, for God's sakes. And, and that doesn't mean my dad was a bad person. He was incredible, um, an incredible human being. But I mean, I had a lot more forgiveness for him than I did her when I was younger. I, I feel bad about that now because when I really look at some of the challenges she had, she didn't deserve all that. And, and so, you know, we have battled quite a bit when I was younger and there was a lot of hurt and I used to blame a lot of stuff on her. I think as I, I, I 
got real responsible real quick when I was about 18, 19. I got married, had a baby. We'll talk about that. But that's really when I started to look at her different. Like, uh, yeah, she was doing her best. And I'm now in a situation where it wasn't ideal. And I was doing my best. Mm -hmm. So my judgments came back on me. And I paid for some of my judgments to my mother in my life. Mm -hmm. And even now I see it. I'm like, I shouldn't have judged her so hard. Wow. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's, it's, mm -hmm. that, it's that humility that I believe yeah. separates people also from mm -hmm. uh, going from the bottom to the top. And so since you mm -hmm. kind of touched on the fact that you got married young, um, you saw a lot of the things that your mom was challenged with that you could have judged or maybe judged at one point, but learn to not judge. And then you do that reflection on yourself to this day, right? Yeah. Um, going through all that you've gone through, but you've attained a, a sense of success, not just financially, but just in happiness and, and family and all those things, right? Mm -hmm. um, but people who are watching and learning about you for the first time or people who know you, maybe they don't know this, that it wasn't always roses. It wasn't a gold road you walked on. So, <laughs> right? so, so tell us about like that beginning of, you know, getting pregnant early in life, getting married, divorce, and then let's kind of work our way up to how you got to where you are now. Well, there was a lot of shame behind that. So I was dating, I was dating a guy in high school and his best friend started to like me and I thought, oh, it doesn't matter, right? There's no consequences. So I started dating his best friend and got engaged <laughs> in high school. Yeah, it was not super great. I got engaged in high school. What the hell was I thinking? And then moved to Hawaii, um, you know, ended up getting pregnant, getting married, having a baby, and then stuck on an island, had no money, couldn't even, couldn't even call home because I had no cell phone. I mean, I was writing letters. I was writing letters. Not only that, in between all this, I screwed over one of my best friends um, because I just kept making really bad mistakes. I just kept making bad mistakes, thinking, oh, there's no consequences. And in a year or two's time, I had some humble pie because I was alone with a baby, no friends, and hadn't talked to my parents. And the mm -hmm. shame really kicked in. And that's really where I was hitting a low point. Like, I really had to look at myself. This is where I think my accountability came in. Because I wasn't 100% accountable until I had to be. And I stopped yeah. blaming people at this time. And I really started to look at myself and be like, you made some really stupid choices. And they just kept going and you kept hurting people. And I just would spiral. It was like, oh, I did this. Now I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to do this. And it just wasn't. It was always for the wrong reasons. And I was a mess. I was a hot mess express. And there was a lot <laughs> of people who put me in my place too. I'll be honest. Like there were some people who scathing things they said to me, but they were true. And that was, were, it was during that tough love, right? You look over and you got this baby. Uh, I think you said that, you know, you weren't homeless living on the street, but you didn't have a home. Correct. So, so there was nothing. I mean, there was no car. You couldn't just get around. So you went from that to like running into an opportunity where you discovered that you are this solopreneur, this entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So kind of share with us a little bit about like from from having nothing to like creating an amazing business. So it's interesting because 
like you said, I wasn't homeless, homeless, but I was bouncing around with a baby. I got into serving. I was an Applebee's server, made some of the best friends of my life there. Applebee's, uh, Applebee's. Applebee's. <laughs> I got, I got a queen bee. Where is it? Where is she? There she is. The queen bee on my arm. Oh. It's not, it's not because of Applebee's. I would love to say that was the story. That'd be crazy. That's not right. But <laughs> we'll just shout out to the bees. I love my Apple buddies. Bees. Um, yeah. I know. I love bees. They're so cool. So anyways, um, I started my first solo business was cleaning houses for people around on the, on the lake. So people who had some good money and they wanted me to come in and clean their house. And that was my first experience with owning my own business. Right. So I did that. I was working at Applebee's and I was also working at Bath and Body Works every now and then to make money. And like, I was just hustling in every way I could. I went to school full time while I had my daughter and ended up getting married. So in between, all this, I got remarried to a friend from high school, my best friend from high school, one of my best friends. So you like and, dating um, your friend? You like dating your friends? I do. <laughs> I mean, if you're not my friend, we're not going to date. I got to know you for at least. This is a rule. Like I've got to know you for at least three years or something because you can't. I will not date people I don't know. It's weird. Um, I won't go on like blind dates and stuff. So I'm married, by the way. But anyways. <laughs> So I get remarried. He is a professional racer. I think, oh my God, I can take a deep breath. You know, I've been hustling, hustling, hustling. We are traveling the world. We have this beautiful life. We have two more children and the economy crashes and Shiloh is desperate because I can't go back to being a server. I'm a dental hygienist. I just had a baby. He's working for friends. You know, he's trying to establish his own business. And I'm like, there's no time in the day. And, uh, you know, I was also very introverted. I didn't like speaking in front of people to get me on something like this would have never happened. I hated Facebook. I hated my phone. I was just not that person. And the world of network marketing came in and, you know, the party plans and all that stuff that I hated. But I saw people having making money and having success. And I'm like, I don't care. At this point, I've got to change or it's not going to change. And I picked up a side gig and ended up doing really, really well. Nice. See, I love that story. I love the fact that, you know, you know what it's like to, to not have much. You know what it's like to fight to, like, move yourself forward. Uh, and you've continued to do that in other areas of your life, like with even your health. You know, uh, when we met and I remember talking to you, you were like, I'm taking control of my health. And you did. So like even with that, if you, I mean, you treated that like as your own business, like you're the CEO of your own health. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in that story, did you, did you notice a lot of the things that you had to work through in your earlier years and those struggles you could apply even when you took control of your health and got rid of, I mean, I don't know how, if you want to talk about how much weight you dropped, but mm -hmm. if you want to. If you want to talk about it, go for it. <laughs> I'm, super, I'm super honest about it. I Okay, so I've been a pretty healthy person all my life, um, you know, but I had, a, I had a battle with alcohol all my life. Obviously, it, the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. Um, I was a partier. Uh, alcohol was never a big issue until I got into the network marketing space. Because more pressure, more stress, I would I would panic, you know, when I would be around people, I wanted to, you know, oh, I'll have a glass of wine. I love wine, by the way. I love wine. And so I would, you know, have drinks and whatever. It held me back 
in many ways, but also when you're trying to lose weight, I was really good about on Monday doing the detox every Monday, <laughs> like, ah, just start Monday. I'll kick it in gear. And I was really committed and dedicated. So how I ran business was how I ran my health and fitness. I was consistent. I never, I was like, if you knew me, you knew Shiloh's probably on a plan. She's working out. But when I met Robert, I was going through serious stress. So I'd started to slip a little bit because my stress was taking over, which meant my alcohol was going up. And I knew this, but I wasn't sharing it with anybody. And it was really becoming a struggle because it was becoming the crutch to get me through my stress. It hit a breaking point. One year I was at an event and I went up to the room, put some pills in my mouth and I was going to down the alcohol and be done. Cause I was so stressed. I was just crushing. I was destroying myself. Um, I had gained some weight, but it, it was just, nothing was, it was like my life was spiraling and I decided not to end my life. And I decided to go home early and handle some things. And I did, I handled it, um, and took the next six, seven months to heal. And Robert came in at this time too. And I, I talked to him about some stuff. And we worked on a, a better plan and I started eating balanced. I wasn't eating like the fads. I wasn't doing all the crazy things, right? You know, we all do that. I was the queen of the fad diet and I had to let it go because it wasn't working. My hormones had changed. My whole body had changed. And yeah. as I was healing, I did gain weight. Um, I gained even more weight. So I had gained about 20 pounds and then I added about 10 more and then I got sick. Um, my body went through some major crazy transitions. I gained like 10, 15 pounds of water weight within a two-week period. So I went way up and then I went way down and that was tough. But during that time, I also, my, my battle with alcohol was coming to a crashing halt as I had a complete mental breakdown and had to make a change. And so it was last summer I decided to quit drinking forever and lost 34 pounds, but I stuck with my plan and I still work out. So I don't want people to think, oh, she just quit drinking and everything just fell off her. No, I worked <laughs> hard. It helped. When you're not chasing alcohol, and, and Robert knows this, and, and Barbara, you know this, alcohol, you're chasing it. Like you have to plan everything around your drinks because there's so much sugar and there, it just slows you down. Your metabolism slows down. And so it was just a lot easier, but I still had to work on it. And, and I'm, I'm, finishing up a 75 hard right now I'm on day 50. So I look pretty darn good. I'm not at my perfect. Oh my God. Perfect. There's 18% body fat type of stuff, but I look good and I feel good. And that's, what's important is I feel good. I'm very healthy. So that journey was tough, but it was worth it. And I'm eight months sober going on nine months sober. Nice. Mm -hmm. See, I that's love awesome. that. I love it. I love the fact that you took control of it. I mean, yeah. like, you know, as Barbara works with her clients, if I'm working with clients, as you work with clients, when they wake up and they have that moment when they take control and they and they decide, you know, those of you who are listening or watching, when you make that decision, the root meaning of the word decision means drawing the line in the sand, meaning I'm not looking back. I'm not going to look at what happened last week or last year. I am focused on right now and moving forward. When you take yeah. control, like you did with your health and like with your business and other things you're doing, mm -hmm. I mean, only good is going to come out of it. You know what I mean? Like only good is going to come out of it. And as we're on this topic, if you don't mind, I love the word solopreneur. Um, I love everything that represent it. And I was talking to Barbara the other day and, and Barbara actually shared an analogy about it. 
So, so maybe Barbara, if you remember what I'm referring to, let's talk about that solopreneur as far as, you know, uh, people with their brand. Like, I mean, I talk about it with diet free life coaches, right? So when they become a diet free life coach, I don't encourage them to go out and say, Hey, I'm a diet free life coach. They can, but that's branding diet free life. Whereas like Barbara has her own brand, even though she's trained on the diet free life methodology and she's a coach, she's branding her brand. And the way you were talking about it, um, yeah. um, you know, Shiloh and Barbara and even with Michael E. Parker, when he was talking about it, it just it, it'd be so helpful if people could if we could drill that home and help people realize the importance of their own personal brand. Man, I, I would be happy for everybody who gets that. Yeah, yeah, that was a, a really good talk. And, um, you know, and I have, I think, a unique perspective because I came from, you know, 20 years in corporate America you know, working in aerospace and. You know, when I started as a entrepreneur, solopreneur, like you say so eloquently, Shiloh, um, it was a hard, a difficult transition to to start thinking of myself as as you know what I do, like basically relying on myself. And I was telling Robert, I said, you know, I think that a lot of times what people might be scared of when they when it comes to branding themselves is that it's so much easier to promote something else. You know, whether it's a company that you work for or a, a particular product that, you know, you might be selling, it's so much safer to kind of stand behind that because if it doesn't work out or doesn't go as great as you thought, then it doesn't, it's not so much of a hit on you personally because that's a, it's putting yourself out there, right? It's, it's scary. And um, I think that especially for new entrepreneurs or new solopreneurs, that it's, to think of themselves as this is their bread and butter and I'm putting myself out there and I'm putting my name out there. If, you know, if people don't like me, that that's going to suck. And I would rather them not maybe like a product or something like that. And it feels so much safer that way. So that was how the conversation went in that, um, you know, just sharing that from my perspective that I remember feeling that way. I remember coming from aerospace and thinking like, how can I, bring these two worlds together it's they seem so different and it was it was scary for me really it was just scary mm -hmm. well but, i think it's important to understand the difference and like barbara just said it like when you're branding a business you know i've done that for several years in the space so i was branding companies and that people would know me for the company like you're that they would actually call me the company and it was, and you know, at the time, like, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, but when you, but anytime you do that, you kind of get locked into that. That means you're kind of mm -hmm. locked in not only with your brand, but you're kind of locked in with the company because now you're their entity and that's not bad. So I'm not putting anyone down right. who does this, but it, it does limit you. And they do have a little bit more like, hey, if you're representing our brand, on the level you're, rep that means you're representing our company. Meaning, so my husband was sponsored by many people. He couldn't go out and go get wasted with a Red Bull jacket on and Air Force. He couldn't act like a dickhead because you're yeah. representing <laughs> them, right? So you have to basically, and, and I say this humbly, but bow down to your sponsors or the people you're representing, right? Like they do, they kind of own you, mm -hmm. but that's part of the deal because yeah. they're giving you their, space they're advertising you they're doing this so when you're an entrepreneur you you t you can have those types of entities within your brand like what barbara was talking about you know yes you're a solo person but if you're if you're 
bringing in a brand and it's and it's all that you do the brand is you like that's your brand and then you are like the other parts of it when you're a solopreneur it's shiloh or it's barbara and then everything underneath it falls into my or your brand right like so Yes, I have uh, maybe a clean living side to me or a health and fitness side, right? But that's underneath me. And then I have this podcast that I do and that's underneath me as well. That's my brand as well. So it's all branded to your brand and it's mm -hmm. underneath you. What happens is some people have this, there's something over them and then they're part of it. It's not them. It, it's hard it, if that makes sense. I hope we broke that down right because I think it's, there's nothing wrong with either way. I just see a lot of people get stuck when they when they market maybe a company and then they try to branch out and they struggle with it because people are like, well, aren't you the company? And then the companies don't always want you to do that. Corporations right. don't. They don't. So you have to look at their what their rules and restrictions are. So it's just there's just a different way of doing it. And there's nothing wrong with either way. It's just what you choose to do. And for me, I want to do a lot of things with my own name and my brand. So I, I, I'm going into the solopreneur route. See, I, I love I that. Know. And I think I if we can have a moment of silence, you guys, just so people could just <laughs> think about what we just said, you know, because I don't know, maybe three or four weeks ago, um, I did a post inside of our, we have a group for our coaches and I posted and I asked them, I said, if we went to people who know you well, uh, who have known you for years, uh, who still come have some type of contact with you. And we said, hey, like if I went to them right now and said, with, with regards to Barbara, like what does Barbara do? Who is Barbara? And my question to the coaches was, what are they going to say? Are they going to say you're a nutritionist and a weight loss coach? Are they going to say, oh, yeah, she's a teacher over at that elementary school? Are they going to say... Oh, uh, she sells um, um, Shakeology with Beachbody. Like, what are what are they going to say? Who are you? Who? What is your brand? Right, Barbara. Like, what's your thoughts on that? No, I I think that is uh, well. One, I love how Shiloh put it. I think that you just you described it really well. And I would say because I left the corporate world. Oh my gosh, now it's been ye almost six years. And if I knew this, had this wisdom, then that would have been, I don't know if it would have made as much sense after having to go through it for a few years, but just understanding that difference between, you know, having like that umbrella, whether it's you as a brand first, and then the other things below you, that's part of you. Understanding that would have made is for me, is such a nugget of knowledge and wisdom um, that I feel would have made the, I guess just the overall process of, you know, running your own business, being a solopreneur so much easier with respect to how to streamline what you're doing, you know, as, as opposed to thinking like you have to do a million different things to try to find yourself. Cause that, that's kind of like what I struggle with. And I don't know if that really answers your question, Robert, but cause I kind of did that too. You know, I, you know, worked, I did supplements and I was represented by a supplement company, um, which was all good. It was part of the learning experience. But when I look back, at, um, at, at that, I, I thought of how much more, I don't know, powerful it would have been had I established myself first and then how these things would have fit underneath to really promote me as a business. I don't know. I kind of went I'm not, there, both, but... both of you guys have killed it 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I lived it because before I got into this space, 
as I was sharing with you guys in our talk before, I was heavy into rape and assault prevention. And so I was like, all right, how am I going to go from that guy? Because I was known as that guy to the weight loss guy. And real, believe it or not, Jack LaLanne helped me make that transition. I'll never forget. He said, he says, Robert, I was in his house. He goes, Robert, I used to wrestle and he saw my little cauliflower ears. And he said, uh, I loved it. But one day my manager came to me and he says, Jack, do you want to help women lose weight and men get in shape and people be at their healthiest? And Jack goes, yeah. He was always animated. right? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. He goes, do you think they will listen to a wrestler? And Jack never wrestled again. because He did kind of like that pro wrestling a little bit. And he realized what his brand was. And if you go back and look at him with his jumpsuit, you go and look at Flavor Flav with his clock. The clock. <laughs> That's all branding. That's branding. So, Shiloh, you killed it. And thank you for like getting our mind to think that way. I hope Michael E. Parker is listening to this because <laughs> this goes right in sync with a lot of the things that we were talking about when it comes to being an entrepreneur, solopreneur, you know, taking control and running with, with your life. Um, so I want to shift, however, if you don't mind. Because when I said out loud, rape and assault prevention, there's a part of me that thought about your podcast, which will make links available for people to go to your podcast. But you're so transparent in your podcast, Shiloh, that you talked about, you know, with your daughter, you guys both came on there and it was it was touching, mind blowing. And two things come. One, I would, I would like you to share a little bit on that. And I also want to just share with everyone who's listening in with Shiloh is that Shiloh and Barbara and a whole bunch of other people, sometimes they're prejudged based on what they look like or what they say in a snapshot. And you have no idea what those people are dealing with. As Shiloh has mentioned, you know, she is at the bottom. She worked through it. No one knows what's going on. They, I mean, I'm sure people that knew you, Shiloh, didn't know that you were battling with alcohol. But behind closed doors, you were you were dealing with it. But on the outside, people just saw what they saw and they came to their own conclusion. So that, that was a mouthful. But I would like to touch on all of that. I would like to touch on your podcast, the conversation you had about your daughter and some of the issues that you, you don't mind sharing there. And then I want to transition and talk about that preconceived challenge that you guys are up against often. Oh, my gosh. All the time. And actually, I was just talking about cancel culture on my podcast. I did a real short, sweet one. And it's just a real thing. So yeah, for, so my daughter and I have been through a lot. Um, you know, she's had a very, very challenging journey and we had a great show for the last two weeks. We broke it up into two episodes. Um, and we really touched on, um, sex trafficking, drugs, addiction, and a lot of a lot of really touchy subjects and you know for my daughter to open up and share was a healing moment and i i told her this is an opportunity for you if you feel like you're ready to share your story i think this would be really smart for you to do because i think it would help you and i think you would be helping a lot of moms and dads and i think you'll be helping a lot of kids um, who watch you because she has a huge following on her social media and she's just an incredible young lady. But, um, you know, for 10 years while I was in the industry and I was growing and I was, you know, getting to all these things, 
I was battling a secret battle with my daughter that many people didn't know the full extent of. They knew we were struggling, but everyone's like, oh, she'll be your best friend one day. You know, always what people say, like they don't understand. And I, I almost wanted to get mad at them and be like, you don't understand. You don't get it. You know, you don't know what's going on. And I couldn't tell them. And we were battling with a child who was, you know, sneaking out of the house at the age of 12. I mean, lying constantly. I mean, this stuff at such high levels for such a young age, I couldn't understand. And I always joke about that yelling is my love language. So, cause it is. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. And like, I'd be yelling at her all the time. And, and we were just battling and I couldn't figure out why she was doing things at such a high level. I, you know, I understand. I used to party, I used to have fun, but I'm like, I, I can't fathom this as, as, a, as a young woman doing this at 12 years old, 13 years old, trying to do all these things and, and being exposed to social media. I would take a phone away and she'd have one. You know, I'm like, where are you getting this? Who is helping you do this? It didn't register. And it finally, randomly, I was doing an underground railroad, like, you know, for sex trafficking. I was getting uh, certified into identifying common sex trafficking signs. And as I got through it, I realized I've been through all this with my daughter. And this was about a year ago. And I called her and I asked her and she said, yes, I was. And now I think people think it's a Hollywood version, like you're getting stolen and anything. It's not always like that, you all. It, it, it can be very minor and minor, but not really. You know, they're, they're telling you and they're manipulating you into telling what to say to your parents you know, hating your parents. They get you to hate your mother. They get you to, to lie and they get you to do whatever they want you to do because that's what you're there for, right? And it was very challenging, but it all made sense. And listening to her share that was very hard. You know, it was very hard to hear what was going on and that I missed it. I felt like I failed as a parent and it makes me emotional, but it was, it was a challenge that it grew me as a person. I had to walk away from my daughter for many years Nobody understood it. I was judged very harshly for that. Lots of people wanted to jump in and tell me how to parent and what I should be doing. Although every single thing that was happening was pushing me away from it. I would try to discipline her and I'd have seven people tell me what I was doing wrong. And I'd have people pulling her away from me. And, 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 and family didn't understand what was going on. I didn't know the extent of it. She ended up going to a girl's home. We, we went through every challenge. And then drugs came into the picture and that was the, the second part of the challenge. So we faced some serious things over the last 10 years and over, it took going to jail, I think, for her to see that we're coming to an end here. Like you're going to be in the system forever if you don't fix this. And it scared her. She's working on things and she's done incredible. And so our relationship has slowly been healing over time. But you have to understand, I lost a daughter for almost 10 years. I lost her. There was no daughter. I didn't talk to her. I was judged very harshly by my community, family, um, for the way I handled it. I mean, we even had the cops called on us one night. We had an all-out battle royale. She hit me with casts on her arms. I was devastated. And I told the cops, just take me to jail. I didn't hit her. I didn't, but I yeah, just but, felt so low. Well, well, you know, as you share that, there's another part of that story that is very inspirational. And that was, you said, when you guys had that fight and you had gone through what you went through, you were about to speak to 30,000 people on the stage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you did it. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. And people I had, 
again, that, that blows my mind because no one knows what is really going on in someone's life. They yes. just don't. No, I ended I, up going to that event and I had to wear a long, I had to change my outfit because I had to wear long sleeves and cover every part of me because I was covered. I had a lot of bruises and whatever. And I could have backed away from it. And it was the biggest at the time, the biggest thing I've ever done speaking wise. And I really wanted to develop myself as a public speaker and I wanted to speak and it was my opportunity and I still did it. It was hard, but I ended up crushing it. And I'll be honest, I know when I crush it and I know when I suck. And I did really well. I did really well. And it was almost like, okay, you can do anything. Like you can get through it. But nobody knew. And I was in so much pain at that event. I just wanted to cry, but I didn't. Um, but it was it was a really tough event. It was really hard. That is I that story is so inspirational, Shiloh. I um you know, Robert, you mentioned how many times based on maybe what you look like or how much success you might have or what people might see glimpses of you on social media, the things that you share, they have this preconceived notion of who Shiloh is and that maybe life is just pretty for you, you know, and life is simple for you and no idea the amount of fight that you go through and the courage you have. And there's so much more behind that beautiful face that you have, right? And um, oh, thank you, Barbara. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you too, Barbara. So much more behind that beautiful face you have, Robert. But Shiloh, I, I just, as from you know, woman to woman, I think that oftentimes, yeah, like we can, well, oftentimes we can be our own worst critic. But I think even sometimes, too, based on how women look, that there's just, like I said, this preconceived notion of who you are, what you're going through, and maybe how life how easy life looks for you and it's so not that way i mean you have basically scrapped and scraped for everything that you have and shit like power to you girl i mean that's see, awesome see there you guys go like lifting each other supporting <laughs> girl you look good girl oh no you look good, girl, you look good. God, i mean i'm telling you later today go on facebook or youtube and look at guys interviewing and guys don't stop in the middle of a talk and go, man, I like how you did your mustache. Man. They should, though. They should. <laughs> guys would have such a different way. I mean, it, it's so awesome. I do know some guys who are incredible at that. And I did tell you that. I'm like, I've seen men. And they're the men who piss the other men off. Because the women <laughs> love it. The women are all over it. When they watch a guy walk in and they have confidence. And um, I'm actually interviewing a guy that I would say that is like this um, in a couple weeks. And he, he does this. He walks in. He's fabulous. He's got, he's always dressed to the nines, but he loves to compliment men as well as women. And, and the men hate him because the women love him. <laughs> well, hey, hey, you know what? He's got game. Hey, I, I have a, game. Let, me, let me preface by saying I have a lot of gay friends, <laughs> a lot of gay friends. And Every woman benefits from having a gay male friend because to me, that's what you describe. All my, my friends, like I learned from them and yeah. you're right. They do compliment, they you do. know, like when I see my buddy, Chris, who is on and off PR guy, he's always dressed to a nine. And when he sees me, he'll go, okay. Okay. You looking, you looking good. <laughs> Either like, oh, yeah, they'll that. let you, they'll also let that. you know when you need to fix that. Oh, yeah, they're yeah, together. And, and I it's actually, always I hands. have two gay brothers, so I'm all about it. Tons of gay friends, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You, 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 if you're looking bad, they'll tell you, like, oh, my yeah, yes. like, what are you doing like, with your hair today? 
What are you doing? Yeah. yeah that yeah. hair's it's not working. Right. And you know what? If I were you, Robert, I'd take that jacket off. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Chris. Yeah. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> now, as a as a speaker and as a person, when you speak, do you share a lot of your story? Or does you know it what? depend on where you're speaking? What's so funny is I finally opened up about my childhood recently. And I find and not that I've never talked about it. I just didn't talk about it. And then I also didn't talk about my daughter till recently because that was, I didn't want to exploit her, nor would I do that. It was her choice. And now that we can be open about it, it's been fantastic. It's been healing. My story was edited super. So when I first got started in the industry, it was just, we lost our businesses. We lost this and we did this. Look at how great we're doing. That was our story. So you can imagine that people weren't always, they thought I was fake for a long time. And so I struggled with this authentic part of me, but I'm like, how do I talk about this? How do I talk about my daughter? How do I talk about my childhood when I don't want to hurt people's feelings? I think the truth, the truth sets you free. And I've just learned to navigate that. Listen, my dad wouldn't care if I shared that story. It's the truth. I absolutely love and adore my dad. My mother is a rock star. She doesn't care. She would get on here and be like, I did all that. <laughs> she, she would own it. She's the most accountable woman on the planet. And I think that's what's important too when you have somebody like that where you have accountability and a mother who is, who's very honest but a good mother who, who owns that. And I think I'm just blessed to have that. And also my brothers are, are fantastic. And, you know, the people in my life are fantastic on just being authentic. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to share something that will be life changing for anyone who gets this. And it's something that I saw in my mom. So I went to Al-Anon as a kid. Uh, I watched my mom battle with her weight forever. Uh, alcohol, uh, men, um, all the things that would go with that. And when I was 13 years old, she made a decision to get honest and she went to rehab. And that was a long time ago now. I mean, 35 years or something. Is that long? Jeez. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's, it's been a long time, but she has something. And my partner, Greg, has this same thing. And he owns a company called Soba uh, Recovery Centers. And he's amazing and people love him. Uh, I think you should 100% have him on your podcast. He knows I rehab. I him on my podcast. He's the man. Um, and they both have this thing. And I'm it, And I'm not going to use the word honest because, I mean, it's part of it, but it's transparent. Mm -hmm. Because the way you talk and the what's your the vibrations that's coming across is something that people who achieve amazing things have. And it's like, it's that get real moment of, okay, I am going to be honest. I'm going to be transparent about what I do. And I'm just going to like take, take I'm going to be accountable for myself and for my actions. I'm not going to hold judgment. And they got that through recovery. Did you tap into that there? And now it's helping this part of the rest of your life? I probably did. You know, I've always been, okay. So people knew me as like straight up and real all the time. Like in business, I was always known as that, but there was parts of it where people could tell when I wasn't. So when you come up across as, well, she's real and she's, you know, she's going to hit you straight up when you're not, it's very quickly identified. Does mm. that make sense? So I would soften things 
and I would do things differently. So when I was being, I actually, this is a crazy story. I got to share this. I just remembered it. So I was in New York one time with my girlfriend and we were at a bar and this man was talking to me and he had been talking to me for a little bit and he was a messed up. He was super drunk and I was just trying to kind of blow him off. But another person walked up to me and I said, hi, I was being very loving. He goes, stop being fake. Fake. This man who I just met called my ass on the carpet and I was like, well, I was being nice. No, I was being 100% fake to kind of be soften the situation. I'm like, you know what? It's interesting. This man who just met me, who's completely shit-faced trying to hit on me and my friend, totally called me out. And I was like, hmm. I was being ingenuine there. And at first he pissed me off, but then I started laughing because he was just too drunk. But I'm like, you know what? I need to work on that. But in re But being sober and going through that, I just think everything is lining up on purpose. I do think everything is on purpose. You know, you go down this path and then it leads you to this path. And it was like, it was the opening of the door to be my full self. Like there's the one thing. It was always the one thing. Alcohol was always the one thing stopping me from being at the top of the company. It was always the one thing from stopping me to be better. It was the one thing that stopped me for opportunities because I'd be too scared to, to take on an, like a hard project because what if I'm hungover and I screw up? What if I screw it up? What if I can't do it? I think I mentioned to you all when we did our podcast, I'm like, normally I'd be shaky and like feeling it. Yeah, because I'd be hungover because I would have had drinks the night before and I would have not been able to get through it. How amazing is it to have speeches where you're not shaky and you're not scared and you're not because I get anxiety because of alcohol. It's so interesting, the doors that open up when you take the one thing away. And I talk about the one thing all the time it does not have to be alcohol. It could be porn. It could be food. It could be negative self-talk. We all have our one thing. Maybe you scroll Facebook all day and do nothing. Maybe you procrastinate. Maybe you sit on Netflix and do nothing. You know, what are you consuming in every area of your life? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, I, I love that. I think that, and you even touched on it earlier too, with uh, respect to your, you know, your journey with your health, that you had been, you know, pretty healthy and, and fit most of your life and went through this period of, of struggles and how, you know, dealing with, I think, you know, really being honest with yourself helped you to recover. Now, how about, how, what would you share with people? Because let, let's say from a coach's standpoint, from a nutritionist and a weight loss coach, um, you know, I'm dealing with people who I can see, and I don't know what it is that they're struggling with, but I can see that there's at least something, there's something there in some of the people that I work with that's absolutely holding them back. Um, and, and whether they're trying to find out what that is, or they're in denial, what would you share for people out there to say, you know, really coming to terms with that thing that's holding them back from whether it is weight loss, whether it is pursuing a career, anything, what would you share as far as a tip to really address that block? You have to be hundred percent accountable, which we talked about, but you also have to heal your shit. You have to own your past. You have to own who you are and you have to stop apologizing for it and just deal with it. Too many people want to be victims. Too many people want to blame. Too many people, oh, it's because of this. It's because of this. Listen, on paper, I would never be where I am ever. And the thing is, is that I never acted like that. I always knew there was something more. I always knew I could do more. I would envision. I would I would have a grand imagination. Get your imagination back too. start believing in yourself. But here's the deal. You need to heal this stuff. You don't overeat because you're healthy in your mind. 
You overeat because you're hiding something. You overeat because it's suppressing something. What happened? What do you need to heal? And the thing is, is it's really hard. Why people don't get to where they want to be is because they're too afraid to handle the one thing. You know, what's really, it wasn't alcohol. Alcohol wasn't the reason. Alcohol was what I used. Mm -hmm. What was my thing? All the garbage I shoved away for many, many years, not dealing with pain, trauma, sadness, generational curses. I do believe in that. I definitely have a few. And the thing is, is I had to own it. I had to feel it. And here's the thing. Most people don't want to feel it. They don't want to feel the pain. So they're like, no, nah, just keep doing this. But I want to be successful. You can't be. You're not going to lose weight if you don't deal with why you're not sticking to your plan. Why can't you stick to a plan? It's not because you just can't, it's because of other things. And so people just, they don't want to go through pain and it's painful. Success is painful. All of it's painful, but it's worth it. It's definitely worth it's it. Worth you know, in, um, in psychology, we have this thing uh, we refer to called competing intentions. And, and we teach this like when we work with clients, mostly one-on-one. -on -one. Most people have an intent, let's say to lose weight. So that's my intent. Mm -hmm. And my intent is I'm going to eat these fat burning meals. My intent is I'm going to snack. My intent, I'm going to exercise. But then they have competing intentions. <laughs> I really want to go to that party. <laughs> I really want to yeah, eat that. Yeah. My intention is to eat one slice of cake. My intention is, so then we have a thing where, okay, they're competing. Who's going to win? And when you, when you do that kind of work, you put yourself in a position where one of those intentions will be fueled more and will win because my intent is to have a good time. My intent is to lose the weight, but my intent is to have a good time, which means I'm going to have a drink. You know what I mean? So you have competing intentions that are constantly being thrown at us and we're pushing out. And if you don't do the work and be in that place where you said so clearly, honest with yourself, accountable to yourself and to those that you're accountable to and do the work, even though I'm afraid, just do it. Wow. That, like you said, it opens up doors. So many things are beginning to line up for you. And I believe that that's a principle that everyone could benefit from. Mm -hmm. Do it scared there. and do it messy. Stop trying to be perfect. I think, I think that's really important too, because people, people are like, well, I have to be perfect. I have to learn everything. I have to learn all the things. No, you don't. No, you don't. I look like a freaking fool so many times. But here's the thing. Everyone's like, well, how did you grow so fast? I just did it. A lot of the times when your back's against the wall, why do underdogs always win? They have nothing to lose. It's already gone. Like they're like, I don't care if I look like a fool. I have no money. I need to make money. That's why you see these people come out and they're like so fast and they're just exploding. They just don't care. Like I read Flav's book and I loved it because he came from... I mean, he had a tough life. It was a street life. He didn't care. He was awesome. I mean, looking at people like that, it's like, look what he did. Look what he did. And he overcame some crazy stuff. And it's those are the people you root for, the underdogs. And that's why I, I really think it's important to give the underdog a voice. I really think it's important for women and me to give women a voice in, this, in business. I want women to have a voice because a lot of the times, and, and I'm not a feminist, but I'm very careful with this because it is important for women to have voices in business. I think they're 2% of the seven-figure earners. They're only 2%. I think I heard that stat today. I was like, really? Wow. 
That, that well, needs to be higher. That needs to be higher. Well, there you guys go again, lifting up women. I, I've never seen, you know, guy on TV, <laughs> you know, saying, hey, you know, we need to lift up the men in the world. Like, men don't do that. <laughs> And you know, hey, I'm glad that you read the book, Flavor Flay. His book, his memoir is awesome. I did. Uh, I, I did give you a copy, Barbara, didn't I? Yeah. Now, did you read really it? I got well, like a quarter of the way she through. She didn't. Yeah, read that book because <laughs> I will. I will. It's a good book. I mean, and you can pick up a lot of cool things about him, yeah. and you'll walk away at least understanding why the clock is the clock. Right. Because that was when he did the whole Beastie Boy thing. Remember, like in New York, everybody used to wear these clocks. I'm not going to give it away. Yeah. I, I should actually give yeah. away a book. So if someone has a comment or they want to like ask a question, yes. I may just send somebody Flavor Flav's book. Right. Then we'll it's read good. it together. And you know, like some people right now are going, what? Flavor Flav? I mean, come on, man. Yeah. And they have no idea. Again, it's that prejudgment. So I want to go back there with both of you. Because as Shiloh's on the stage, no one knows what took place the night before. No one knows what's going on in her life. Both of you, people would have a perception before they even get to know you. And then once they get to know you, and this is a question for both of you, what's the number one thing you hear when people get to know you? Oh, wow. Okay. So I think more recently, I think this has been interesting because it usually comes through Robert. Um, like if we have guests or <laughs> things like that, like that either come into studio and um, I always hear after the fact that, oh, she's really nice. Like, <laughs> oh, so, so I guess, you know, there was this preconceived notion that I'm not that nice. I don't know, but it's, it's pretty interesting because I think I'm extremely friendly and loving and a uh, hugger. And, you know, I, my mom is, a, my family is a very loving family and that's just all we're about. And so when I hear that from people saying, oh, she's actually really, actually, that's how it's put. She's actually really nice. It's like, wow, okay. I mean, thank you, I think. <laughs> and I don't even realize that you realize what they said, right? I can see someone meeting Shiloh after the event. They see her on the stage and they go, wow, Shiloh's pretty cool. And what they're saying is that right. they didn't think she was cool. They thought maybe she thought she was better than me. Yeah. Not knowing all this going on. So if yeah. anything, if anyone got anything out of any of this, I see both sides of the coin. One, don't judge people. You don't know them, which is tough at times. And mm -hmm. give yourself an opportunity to be transparent, authentic, just be yourself. And whether they love you or not, their judgments may block you. Just be yourself because you can always fall asleep at night when you know that you were being yourself and you did the best you could do. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, 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 so with the podcast and the speaking, helping women, helping women, you know, yay women. Uh, what's next for Shiloh? <laughs> oh my gosh, just growing my brand. I've been doing some, I'm taking on some VIP clients right now too. I think I messaged you that today, but it's very, very small. Um, this is more like life coaching more than, you know, it's not specific to one area. I think, you know, we talked about it. You have to have everything in your arsenal to be successful. If you are battling you know, you're battling maybe your spouse, maybe you're battling old wounds, maybe you're battling like, 
even addictions or food or, you know, it, it comes down to everything. You have to have everything in check to make it work. And you could try to fake it till you make it. But if you don't fix some of these major things, you can't. And my challenge is going kind of digging deep, collaborating with many high seven, eight figure earners and celebrities to help people do this. And I've been blessed to be collaborating with a lot of amazing people, including Robert and Barbara and um, some really incredible people that just have talents and we need to come together and collaborate and help a lot of people. So that's what I'm doing and staying busy and building my own team with, you know, within my network marketing company. That's always there. That is like amazing and incredible and absolutely love my crew there. The rebel team, love the rebel team. And then, you know, just opening more doors and hoping to expand some other things that'll be coming down the pipe, but I'm very excited. Awesome. Well, I got a couple of questions that have come in. Uh, Melanie, uh, she asked a question. So what is your suggestions to finding that right business that makes you have spark again? I'd like to ask both of you that question. Okay. Find the culture first. Find a culture that aligns with your beliefs, your values, your goals, the people you want to work with and grow with. Find people that are going to grow you. You're not going to be the smartest person in the room. If you're looking for a company and you are the smartest person in the room, get out of that room. And that's not your company. Um, simple isn't always the answer. I hear a lot of people, oh, it's simple. That doesn't mean that's the answer. Challenge yourself. Find something that's challenging and fun. And know that life of an entrepreneur is not um, sunshine and rainbows. That there's not going to be somebody waiting for you every day to go, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's called being your own boss. And if you need encouragement, this is from Elon Musk. Don't be an entrepreneur. That's my advice. Mm, come Ooh. on. That's good. Really good. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I would have to say, okay, for, for starters, I would have to say, you really have to think about what speaks to you, you know, really what, you know, kind of like what's the your purpose behind what you want to do. But then when you try, when you're trying to align yourself with whether it's a, a, a person or a company, um, you've really got to find something that pushes you to be, I think, truly, truly authentic, like pushes you to be your best. And so, for example, actually, like when I, what I met Robert and learned about Diet Free Life, um, just to share, is that learning the methodology for me was uh, like just complete harmony with what I was doing as an athlete to what I understood about nutrition at that time. And it helped, it actually forced me to step my game up. You know, I had to learn a lot more about it. Um, you know, Robert as a mentor really forced me to, to step up. And like you're saying, Shiloh, um, you know, I was not the smartest person in the room. I had to learn. I had to um, uh, just really just learn and grow and, and continue to learn and grow. And I think for me, um, that's been the best thing is to always be in an atmosphere of, of learning, of growing. And at the same time, which is important to me, is giving back and helping others as well. And so that culture for me was extremely important that it was something that I could constantly learn myself and then share it with the people that I was either working with or touching in some way or another. So um, that's what speaks to me. And I would, I would share with others. Nice. Well, the feedback on that was truth bomb hashtag. You got it. Well, information is being provided for anyone who's watching this or listening to this. Uh, if you want to contact Barbara, Chris, if you want to contact Shiloh, uh, check out Shiloh's podcast. Um, you know, Barbara and I have a show called the stay healthy experience, which this is it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> right here, right, right here. here. 
and yeah. and I and I would like to say, you know, because you know, we had Lacey Green on the show, which was fun. And um, I would love to have Shiloh on. Uh, so we want to check in with you and find out what's going on. You know, give us some updates. I'd like to have you back the same as I want to do some things with Lacey back. Because uh, this was a wealth of knowledge. And I would love for us to start helping people really maximize their business. Um, those who want to be that solopreneur, um, they want to take the bull by, by, by the horns. And I've seen both of you help people. Like they don't have to be doing what you're into. But I've seen you still extend your hand and your help uh, to to these people who aren't doing business with you because that's just the kind of person that both of you are. So um, I, I applaud both of you for who you are, and I'm just honored that I have the opportunity to to be able to spend such quality time with two really cool people. Well, I'm super grateful you had me on, and I will come back again. Yes. Be fun. All right. Definitely. Well, I know we're all busy. So again, we want to say thank you, Shiloh. Um, and as we always say, Barbara, right? We encourage people yeah. to get healthy, be healthy, and what? Stay healthy. You got it. All right. Yes. Peace. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye.